because um, like two days ago it was 26 and then mm -hmm. uh, yesterday it was 14 and then today it just like straight six no just drops no bones about it it's been dropping 10 degrees every day so tomorrow minus four who knows wow who knows where it ends who knows where it ends i might experience true zero do you think you'll you'll have a white christmas this year uh, i doubt it because it's been raining for two days and it's not stopping uh, and I actually think it's it needs to be a bit warmer for snow or at least that's what my dad always used to say is like no nah, it's too cold for snow and I'm like but isn't that what snow is the cold thing doesn't and make any like, sense yeah, snow makes it cold but it needs to be a bit warmer for the cycle of life and the circle of life mm. and space to mm. happen so that the white sand can fall down from space which is how that well works. listen as someone with no experience of snow i just hope you get to get to see some maybe if you guys guys go a little bit more north we are going to a place called lijian lijian mm -hmm. for uh western new year's and we are gonna visit specifically visit a mountain that is renowned for having snow just so that we can okay. see snow uh, yeah, my Chinese friends were like, we're gonna have to take it upon ourselves to show these Weigeren snow. Weigeren is uh, the word for foreigner, so <laughs> it's kind of funny. When you're called Weigeren, do you take it as an insult? Look, sometimes it gets annoying and it gets grating because like... Sure. When I'm out and about on the streets and like a child points at me from across the road and just yells at the top of their lungs, why go around? And they're like grabbing their parents and like tugging at their sleeves and go, why go around? Why go around? That's a little bit like yeah. not, not fun. I do do the like children have pitchforks and torches? Uh, <laughs> and the same yes. joke, but from a different angle. Yeah. Well, we're so in sync today. I know. I love it. I'm, I'm feeling it. But no, like the words that I, I am more insulted by are... Laowai, yeah, apparently is like a term of endearment or like an honorific meaning like ancient wisdom or some shit, which is sure it's kind of the flip of Orientalism, which is totally a thing here. Uh, <laughs> because the Chinese don't know about Orientalism like on like a normal person level. They have the yeah. same thing to the West where like they see like old white dudes as these like mystical creatures with this magic knowledge, you know, some druid Really? Shit. Yeah. They've clearly never met an old white guy. No, they've met a lot. There's whole communities of them like just coming over here, marrying <laughs> Chinese woman and then retiring uh -uh. in China. Yeah, no, it's a big thing. It's a thing. Uh, and then there's something called Lao Guai which guai means strange and strange is exclusively negative in China. So then that ah. it's not great. But yeah, I guess that's it for the Chinese. Is it racism hour? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that brings us quite neatly 
to our B-side podcast that we always do after our main episode of the big podcast that we always do, and it's called Be, be positive. positive. That was not in sync. The Positive, positive B-Movie podcast. podcast. Uh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, we lost yeah. it. We lost it. We fudged it up. Christmas, Fraser. <laughs> and I am Yuletide Louie. <laughs> and we are you your very festive hosts. What do they say? Go outside, grab a Yuletide Louie, and just chuck him in the fireplace. Chuck him. <laughs> yep. With oh, the yeah. Yuletide logs. I don't know. Mm -mm. It, just, it went too far. It didn't work. No, I love it. I can't wait. By fireplace, I mean just a bunch of puppies. And they're, yeah. they're just hanging yeah. out. Because that's pretty lit, yo. Yeah, honestly, at this point, it's, it's one of the two. Either chuck me in a fire or chuck me in a puppy pile. Uh, I won't be happy any other way. Okay, uh, I'm going to put my money on puppy pile for eternal happiness. I honestly hope so. But I'll take fire. I'll take fire. You take what you can get. <laughs> I have this... Yeah, uh, ain't that the fucking truth? I have this friend uh, who he was telling me the story of when he was in college. He went to a bakery and uh, he knew that the bakery would throw out the day old like croissant and you know all the other little pastries and stuff and he, he really liked that stuff but obviously being in college he didn't have the cashola for, uh, for yeah. to make the purchase so one night while he and his friends were drinking uh, on the way back home swung by there and he went through like the the dumpster and he was like looking for a croissant and like he got it but then there was also like an, a homeless guy next to him, like also uh -oh. rummaging for food. And then they yeah. were like eating out of the dumpster and his, his friends were standing on the side. They were like, you're so gross. How could you do that? And uh, the homeless man mm. looks up. He looks up from his dinner and he's like, we do what we can. And my friend's like, yeah. And uh, yeah. it was a bonding yeah. moment between two humans with a passionate love of croissants. And honestly, who doesn't have a passionate love of croissants? They are wonderful. They are Even quite a day delightful. Old. Even a day old. Yeah, why would you throw that out? Honestly, food wastage is such a such a giant issue. True. You know who does waste some food? Sinterklaas. Santa Santa Claus, Sinterklaas, Father Karsvius, our old friend Saint Nick in the 2005 directed DVD movie Santa's sleigh, S L A Y. Why? Because this movie. Because it's been. They made this movie just for me because it's always been a dream of mine to see a version of Santa that is a the child of Satan and b mm -hmm. exclusively talks like a pro wrestler. <laughs> He's always trash talking. Oh boy. This is, I mean, then this is literally the movie for you. Yeah, I had so uh, much fun. Folks, if you're listening and, and that sounds appealing to you, uh, go watch Santa Slay. Yeah. So Santa Slay follows a plucky young lad called Nicholas. Yep. Nicholas Yulson. Oui. That's their surname, Yulson. So the son of the Yule? Yes. Okay. A slightly Norwegian? Sweden. Yeah, which if if their family is following like old Scandinavian naming traditions, that means he Nicholas Yulson's father's name would have been Yul Grandparson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've met people called Yul, so it's not that far fetched. And I've also met. I mean, people there are people called, called Noel. 
Yes, my grandpa was called Noel. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was his name. <laughs> Maybe you're part of a long line of uh, Santa hunters. Maybe. Maybe. I do have an affinity for the festive season. Mm. For most seasons, actually. I, I just generally like celebrations. Yeah. Uh, so it follows Nicholas and our boy Nick works in a butchery, like a meat slinging store. Uh, working for <laughs> Mr. Green. <laughs> it's a deli. <laughs> okay, a deli. I don't know what these things are called. Uh, works for Mr. Green. He works alongside his co-worker. What's her name? Her name is Mary, but they call her Mac. Mary Macdeman. Macde... Mac Magdalene. Mac Kenzie. McNamara. Ooh. Mary is really macking on Nick. She's trying to uh-uh. kickstart a relationship. And Nick is kind of oblivious and kind of a dickhead. But we follow Nick back home. We are introduced to Grandpa. Grandpa is a crotchety old coot madman who is always tinkering and inventing. It's the second yep. time in a yep. Christmas movie I'd, we have a tinkerer. Uh, we're we're going to bring that up. Please remind me to bring that up. And he's always tinkering away for no apparent reason. The town thinks he's a crazy boy. The town, by the way, is Hell. The name of the town is Hell Township, I think. Yeah, it is. It's an odd name for a town, right? That's not a normal thing. But I mean, Americans have a really strange way of naming their towns. So I'm I'm actually not surprised. Fair enough. And basically what happens is Santa is unleashed upon the world as a thousand years ago. He was tricked by an archangel into stopping his... Yearly slaughter, I guess, like... Yeah, around his birthday. Call it the Day of Slaying. Yeah, the Day of Slaying. And the reason why Santa is such a wily boy is because he (laughs) is the son of Satan. Uh, Santa, Satan, very close together. Yeah, so the angel comes down, tricks him into a game of... What's it called? Curling. Curling? Yeah. Yeah. A very obscure sport that you can only... Only play in a country that's forever frozen. Hey, that's an Olympic sport, my friend. It's an Olympic sport? Oh it's my a God. serious, it's a serious Olympic sport and people take it very seriously, okay? I mean, winter Olympic, Olympics, surely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so curling, uh, just for our South African listeners and most other humans, curling is a sport that <laughs> involves sliding a large stone on some ice. And yes. there's a goal of some sort... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you're trying to get as close to the goal as possible. Oh, right. But not touch it? Not fall into the pit to hell? Is there always yeah, a pit to yeah. hell? You're not supposed... Yes, there's always a pit to hell. Okay, 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 okay. And brooms. Brooms? Yeah. That's so weird. They didn't really show it in the movie, but like the, the one boy slides the stone and the other boys ski alongside it and kind of scrub the ice in front of it with their little brooms. Wow. That seems... Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Boy, human culture. What a wonderful It is a silly thing. game. Yeah, so Santa gets tricked. He is defeated by the angel and must then bring joy to the world for a thousand years on his birthday. Yeah. Which... And he hates it. He fucking hates it. But now he's free in 2005. And he's wreaking havoc on Hell Township. Not much else just here just hell township yeah he's focusing i think town by town i'm sure yeah he is however in search of this angel made human 
And big shock, it was Grandpa all along. Um, the Archangel Grandpa. He assaults the town, he kills Grandpa. And then, like, Nick and Mac end up defeating Santa using yes. Mac's dad's bazooka. And they blow yeah. up Rudolph, the red nosed bison. And Santa turns into a biker and catches a plane to the North Pole. It's a story as old as time. It's a classic Christmas fairy tale. Santa and his big mutant bison getting blown up by a gun-wielding maniac with a bazooka. That's, I mean, that's the Christmas story since time immemorial. Yeah. So, man, what a fucking movie. How many, like, I just want to talk about this right off the bat, is the parallels between this and Gremlins. Yeah. First, protagonist. In Gremlins, it's Billy. In Santa's sleigh, it's Nick. They have about the same amount of personality. Yeah, they are pretty near identical. Then we've got the father figure who is weird and also somehow an inventor of stuff yeah, and things. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, is, is every Christmas film contractually obligated to have some kind of wacky inventor character in it? I don't know. It does seem like it. It seems like that's the trend. We should investigate this further. I wonder if there will be an inventor in our next Christmas episode. Well, our, our next Christmas episode is actually a New Year's episode. What? Yeah, I'm giving it away right in, right in the beginning, but not the title. You have to listen to the whole episode to get that one. Yes, that's how you unlock it, by, by yeah. listening to us. I guess they could just skip forward and hear it, but then... I, they could I do mean, that, yeah. Why? I wouldn't see... The point. Yeah, so what else is pretty similar? There's the kind of the budding romance between the two teenage protagonists and they're relatively chaste. Yes. I think they, yeah. their relationship builds up towards a first kiss, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a first kiss while Santa is maybe 20 meters from them and like literally on his way to murder them. Yeah. It's weird. It doesn't really work out, but then... It reminded me a lot of the scene in Gremlins where Kate starts telling her tragic Christmas story. And yes. it's this like weird time to be sharing a deep personal thing. And like in the same way, they are sharing their first kiss at the weirdest time. And it's like an awkward kiss. It's very mm. accurate to the way that two like teenagers kiss for the first time where they're just like, you know, the mouths are open and the yeah. face is just sort of <laughs> tilt and like, Poof, faces to face. <laughs> and then some like light smooshing. Like a spaceship smushing. docking. Yeah. Another thing that I think is quite similar, although, I mean, there are obviously some big differences here, but the antagonists in both films are, I think, amoral. Yeah. Well, I don't know about, about Santa being amoral uh, as much as he is actively evil. <sighs> yeah, I guess. But he... Uh, well, I mean, what would be the what would be the distinction? Well, for me, the gremlins are mischievous and they are not affected by human morality, where Santa is obviously fully aware of human morality. He he's got his list. Yeah, he's got his list. He knows exactly what's up, but he doesn't care if you are naughty or nice. He doesn't. He's See? not going after the bad humans. He's just like, oh, you're in my way. I might kill you or I might, you know, 
I might just flip you off. But either way, your interaction yeah. with me is going to be awful. Where, like, the, the gremlins might not kill you. Like, in the scene with um, Katie in the bar, they're just, like, having yeah, her they're serve kind of fine drinks. With her. Yeah, they're not actively trying um, to kill her or anything. That's, kind of, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying this about Santa, is, is the fact that he throws his naughty nice list out and just wrecks everyone. His, his moral compass... I guess, which was also imposed by the curling bet, <laughs> completely disappears. And whether you're naughty or nice, Santa Claus is coming, coming to for town you. and coming for you, specifically you. Yeah, he becomes more evil than um, the classic tale of Krampus. Yeah. Where Krampus is also a moral figure. He only comes for the bad children. Actually, an uh, interesting side note is that there's a major gap in traditional Christmas lore that is shared in the West these days where, you know, people say mm -hmm. that Santa gives toys to the nice kids and a lump of coal to the bad kids. But the lump of coal isn't just like, oh, okay, now you've got a fuel source to stay warm in the winter. No, <laughs> the lump of coal marks the child as a target for Krampus. Oh, interesting. I thought, yeah, like you said, it was just a nice Consolation gesture. prize? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but this Santa, I mean, his only gifts are explosives. Yeah, all his gifts are explosives. All his Christmas ornaments are explosives. Anything he touches becomes a deadly weapon. I feel like we just need to describe Santa as well because, yeah, you know, most people when they picture Santa, they picture like a chubby guy in the mall and he's got the suit and the white beard and everything. This Santa is, well, he's played by Bill Goldberg, ex-professional wrestler, yes. a very large, angry looking man mm. with lots of muscles yeah that's the thing when we say large we don't mean uh portly we mean not yeah santa is really jacked and yeah also really tall and he's got like a wild beard that's white ish mm. but it's like dirty it seems stained yeah it's like flecked He's wearing his red suit, which is also dirty and like almost unrecognizable in a way. Yeah, to me, it, it looks very medieval. It's like yeah. a 1400s version of a, of a Santa costume. Yeah. And I actually, I really like the design on that suit. Yeah, no, it was the Santa's design and the way that Goldberg portrays Santa was delightful mm. to me. I mean, he really nails the character he's going for. He does exactly what you want an ex-professional wrestler to do in a directed DVD movie, yeah, which is yeah. beat a bunch of people up, mug at the camera and say some funny lines, and yeah. generally be menacing and deep-voiced. Uh, and he does all those things really well. He is very reminiscent of like a pop culture Viking. Yeah. The giant, really well-muscled guy with the crazy beard and, you yeah. know, the weird Viking attire. And then even in that way, his sleigh... Yeah, his S-L-E-I-G-H. ...is shaped like a Viking longboat and it's got the shields on the side. Yeah. And it's very... <laughs> His design is very Norse. Yeah, that's something that kind of runs through the movie, obviously with Yulson and Grandpa reading from the Book of Santa, which is which is written in Old Norse. Yeah. Uh, or I guess not. How old is Old Norse? What was Medieval Norse? Because it I uses guess, the Roman alphabet. I guess it's just Norse or yeah. it's Scandinavian. It's something. It's something. 
Um, it's something. I'm sure it it's is. It's a language. And I'm sure they speak it beautifully. I'm sure they have many famous poets. Yeah, the first glimpse we get of Santa is in the pre credit scene, which I think they might have blown like 50% of their budget on this scene because we have James Caan, we have Fran Drescher, and we have Corky Romano. Yes, What's that that's, his, name? that's his real name. <laughs> that, <laughs> from the documentary Corky Romano. But that actor, uh, which not bad names for a B film. No, definitely. And, oh, and twins, the, the twin actresses who... I think they were in Cruel Intentions too. Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah. There are definitely um, like 90s faces, you know. I grew up yeah. seeing those people. So this family is kind of really venal. They're bickering with each other. The dad's kind of crapping on the mom's turkey, even though he hasn't even tasted it yet. The girlfriend is flirting with her sister's boyfriend. They're just generally kind of an unpleasant and dysfunctional family. And yeah. then old St. Nick appears through the chimney, breaking the chimney on the way down, just like smashing right through it. Yeah. <laughs> he does a, a jumping roll over the table, grabbing the carving knife and fork out of the turkey, jamming it through James Kahn's hands, nailing him to the table. Classic. He takes a big swig of liquor and uses that to blow a flame onto Dr Fran Drescher, setting her on fire. Well, he, <laughs> the one sister falls backwards and impales herself accidentally. He's not even involved in that one. He kicks Corky Romano to death instantly. He yeah. bludgeons the other sister with a table leg, even though she protests that she's been nice. So that's that's the first inkling we get that Santa does not really care about whether you've been naughty or nice. Yeah, no, he's wreaking his eternal revenge on humanity. Finally, he drowns Fran in the eggnog and chokes James Caan to death on a big Lego turkey. Yeah. It's a fun scene and it sets up what the movie is all about. But then I would have preferred this movie if we were watching it from Santa's perspective and not from Nick's perspective. Oh, interesting. Because Santa is a more interesting character than Nick. And also his, yeah. his whole thing is what the movie is about. He's the whole gimmick. Where in Gremlins, you know, the Gremlins are the gimmick and Gizmo is the gimmick. So you've got a little bit of it on both sides. But in this, Nick is just like an annoying boy. Santa is the one doing all the fun things. Yeah. You know, attacking people and flying around with his fucking bison, which he keeps referring to <laughs> as a reindeer. As a reindeer. It's not. It's not what it is. No, it's a literal bison. Is he being ironic? I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. But this bison has a glowing red nose. So I guess this is Rudolph. Yeah, it must be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Bison. You know, the old story, the classic tale. The original, yeah. So the main thing I want to talk about here is how this film neatly sets up, and like it, it might not be very clear, but it neatly sets up a conflict between the pagan mm -hmm. tradition of Christmas and the Christian influence then coming in and quote-unquote taming Christmas in yeah. like really aggressive air quotes, where with this parable, of the angel coming down and he tricks Santa and then Santa for a thousand years he's meant to be the purest expression of Christmas and he spreads joy and it's all about family and 
love and being good. And then a thousand years later, Christmas will come back. It will be corrupted once again. Yeah. In that way, I don't know how many people acknowledge that Christmas is a pagan holiday. But I mean, when it comes right I mean, down I, to I, it. I think it's common knowledge uh, by this point. It's actually got very little to do with uh, Christianity. It's got the name Christmas, but there's no connection on the date with anything to do with yeah. Christian meaning of Christmas. So what happened is that obviously Christianity went to Europe and people got really excited about it, but they didn't want to get rid of all their traditional holidays. So they just rebranded everything. They rebranded Easter. Yeah. They rebranded Christmas to make it palatable and acceptable to like the mainstream church. They got Don Draper and the Mad Men in to do a big campaign turnaround on the whole Christmas thing. Those bastards. So that whole thing is the angel coming down and it tricks Santa and it makes it this pure expression of like love yeah. for one another and for you know your, your god or uh, what have you where in this film Santa is kind of what people think think of when they think of pagans. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. To me, it's it's also it has kind of a, a postmodern twist on the pagan in a sense where it is also, you know, almost a post-Christian secular kind of view as well thinking specifically of all his action one-liners. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is that could be postmodern or it could just be accidentally ham-fisted, <laughs> which I guess that's postmodernism. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the big features of postmodernism is accidental ham-fistedness. <laughs> Maybe Santa is just being an ironic pagan. <laughs> that's, oh, that's very now. That is very now. It's not yeah. very 2005. Actually, you're correct. You know, everybody is really celebrating Christmas, but the Yulsons are not celebrating Christmas. Grandpa Yulson or Grandpa Yule's dad, mm. he knows the truth and therefore he's not celebrating Christmas because he's waiting for his arch nemesis to return. Yeah. And also because he knows what Christmas is all about. He knows that the expression of Christmas that uh, in the in that reality is happening is not the true expression of Christmas and it's not actually what the day is all about. And you get a lot of these yeah. Christmas purists in, in our world that are very much the same. They refuse to be jolly on Christmas. They're like, oh, I hate Christmas because it's a corporate shill yeah. as a capitalist plot to make me spend it's been money. commercialized. Which is actually mentioned. Let's get in back the to the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, they do make mention of that. As Grandpa explains, the original true meaning of Christmas in this film was to beg God for protection against Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. So this film accepts the kind of the Christian reality. Yeah. But it infuses it with a little spicy pagan flavor. I want to talk about Santa's character development. There's not a lot okay. of it. But you're saying there's some. Uh, I wanted to let that one just hang in the air for comic effect. So there is one change that I noticed in Santa. And that is as his rampage continues the action one-liners increase i think 
probably exponentially. In the in the end, he doesn't have dialogue that's not an action yeah, yeah. anymore. Even when he's at the airport and he's just booking a ticket, he books a ticket using one-liners. It's bizarre. It's almost like he's been freed from the Christian Christmas, but now he's being captured by American culture. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, it can also be seen in uh, his change of wardrobe towards the end. And sure, he's now, he's in hiding. He's not like actively Santa, but his day of slaying is now over. And now he's just going to travel on a commercial yeah. jet, fly economy to the North Pole, which is pretty weird. Yeah. And he's dressed like a biker. He's wearing full on biker gear and he shaved his beard. And now he's only got the long braided goatee. That is a very yeah. American archetype to portray is the, the tough grizzled biker. The leather daddy. <laughs> I bet bikers love being called leather daddy. I'm sure. It, it seems to be very popular to call people daddy these days can i call you daddy um it would make me uncomfortable but i am a big mm. believer in personal freedom so you you can you, sh you can just so so everyone knows i'm i'm waggling my eyebrows yes yes sedu seductive and I'm, I'm trying to i'm like trying uh, to not make a direct eye contact right now I'm like <laughs> but it's difficult you can't avoid no, it's me true. another great little Postmodern touch is the uh, kind of Bass and Rankin style stop motion segment that we get. Oh yeah. When the when the curling match and the bet is explained, it's really adorably it's done. Really cute. It looks very authentic to those kind of classic stop motion Christmas story. It's pretty hilarious to see stop motion curling. Yeah. I can recommend it wholeheartedly. That brings me to like a main thing with this film is like it is legitimately well made. Uh, yes. The effects, the shots, everything is like decently made. Yeah. The script is at times, you know, a steaming pile of garbage. Can't help that. They had to buy all those pyrotechnics. They did have to buy all of those pyrotechnics because otherwise the movie wouldn't make sense if there wasn't like a random hunting, a skeet shooting party that at the end blows up Rudolph the Red-Nosed Bison because, you know, that's the only logical ending to a film where that like never featured until the last five minutes. It's very strange. Uh, well, I, I mean, they do uh, jet ski. No, it's not called jet ski. Uh, snowmobile. <laughs> Land jet skis. <laughs> Over the, the skeet shooting party a little bit earlier. Yeah. But it does feel really kind of shoehorned in. I think maybe they got to the final scene at the ice rink where Santa and Grandpa challenge each other to another game of curling. Um, and that that felt to me like, okay, here we go. This is the big finale. One last time, slide in that big old rock on the yep. ice. Classic sport. And then they realize like, oh, we've got 60 minutes in the can. We need another scene. Yeah. Uh, Santa needs to get away and, and Grandpa's trapped now. He can't leave the ice rink ever because again. Because of reasons? Yeah. <laughs> There's just a force field that appears yeah. and then he's in the ice rink forever. Kind of odd. And yeah, and then they go find the skeet shooters. There's a, a weird conversation with a man who has no vocal cords. Which you don't see that much anymore. No, actually not. And he's the man who bought Mac's dad the bazooka yeah. as a Christmas gift. Yeah. That at the end where now we've gone from a pagan Christmas being corrupt, being corrupted by Christianity and then like coming back in 
all its fury once Christianity is now, you know, faltered in its dominance and then meeting its ultimate match mm. in capitalism, in the capitalist yes. conspiracy that Christmas has become, where the ending is doubly American because one, someone bought someone else a like ridiculously expensive thing that they would never ever use in real real life gift for christmas mm -hmm. so that already that's just like blatant spending and it's also a firearm and it's also a firearm and they love guns they love guns they fucking love guns so much guys if you are an american listener Please tell us why you love guns so, so I mean, much. I like guns too, but like, I don't have to own any of them. I think they're like yeah. pretty cool inventions. They're, they're a nice way to throw rocks at people really fast. But do I need them? No. Uh, because, but then also, no. I've never been attacked by Santa Claus. That's, you know what, that's the thing. You're going to talk about uh, uh, gun control uh, until... The day Santa <laughs> comes climbing down your chimney. What I found pretty interesting and a little annoying in the final skeet shooting scene is they pass uh, Nick a rifle and Mac is like, you can, you can do it, Nick, because we've seen him kind of not really be super keen on guns and not really knowing how to shoot yeah. earlier. And she's like, I believe in you. You can, you can shoot the bison. Uh, you can shoot Father Christmas. And... Then she doesn't get a gun. Yeah. But she knows how to yeah. shoot. She's been raised by hunters. She's been hunting all her life. And she doesn't get a gun. Why doesn't she get a gun? It's because she's a woman. Maybe it's like a plot, right? Because during this whole thing, she's been trying to get into Nick's pan. And Nick has not been having it. Nick has been just an all-around shithead. And she's been pursuing him. Maybe this is her way of trying to empower Nick enough to where mm. he then becomes interesting. Because to her, he's yes. he's this weak boy and he's silly and he doesn't know what's going on in his life. But maybe she can convert him to her way of life by having him stand up and be the hero. She hands him the, the erect phallus yes. of the Exactly, rifle. exactly. And okay, I get this is probably written by a man, so that. Ooh, that like flips the whole thing yeah. again. But she does get handed a gun, but she hands that off to him. And maybe that's symbolic of them now entering like a sexual relationship. If we want to get real Freudian maybe. with it. Maybe. I like that. More than it could be just sort of like a, oh, a woman can't shoot. Because, I mean, a fucking baby could shoot. Guns are really easy. <laughs> like it's... <laughs> I mean, Americans will know this better than anyone. Babies do shoot. Yeah, babies shoot. Like, a monkey would shoot if you gave it a gun. A fucking... I'm sure, like, puppies shoot too if they're chewing on a gun. I mean, that's what the trigger guard is for, to protect against puppies. Yeah, they're always chewing on that trigger guard. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to mention about this good good film that we love so much one thing that i do want to mention and it's the last thing i want to bring up is there is a character in this the hyper aggressive christmas grandma figure who yeah lady grinch where mr green is not christian he is openly jewish and <laughs> This woman is insulted by his different beliefs. She is like the yeah. classic type of person who is 
If you are not exactly like me, you don't deserve to be around me. How dare you not say Merry Christmas? How dare you not celebrate this specifically my thing that you need to celebrate because I celebrate? <laughs> yeah. That is where this whole notion of the war on Christmas comes from because people feel like there is an intense attack on Christmas and you can't say Merry Christmas to people. You can say Merry Christmas to people. You can. You are allowed yes, to do that. It, fucking it's two random ass words you can say that to whoever you want just don't expect them to reply in kind if that's not what they believe and then don't be an asshole about it because you like christmas and that's yeah. what it's all about yeah and, and seriously listen lady if you feel so offended by the jewish guy don't go to his deli yeah. you know he's out there He's giving you the good lunch meats and the good breads At and discount. you should be thankful he's for that discounting that shit even beyond the senior discount for her. And she's super ungrateful. Yeah. He does then acquiesce and he does yeah, go like, okay, Merry Christmas. There, you fucking have these random words that mean nothing you to did me. It. And then she's like, go fuck yourself. Which, that's not fucking Christmassy. Like the whole that's point, for, the really whole point for you being upset about fucking the war on Christmas is because you feel like people are being rude and not respecting your feelings and your beliefs yeah. but then like she flips that and just straight up insults the man he's just yeah, doing yeah, his yeah. shit and he's probably the only deli you can get your good Christmas meats at because the other deli is run by a, a Christmas believer and is closed for Christmas again Santa's kind of amorality or what I feel is his amorality is he kills a mean old lady but he he doesn't kill her for being a mean old lady. He kills her because she's driving too slowly. Yeah. And he, he wants to get where he's going. Yeah. And then he kills Mr. Green with his own menorah. Yeah. It's a nice little uh, reversal of the scene in Jaws of Satan where the priest is like reflecting with his cross the, the holy light onto Satan. Oh, uh, yeah. here, Mr. Green uses his... Star of David. His Star of David. To reflect the light yeah. onto Santa's face in the hopes that this like religious symbol will save him. And it doesn't. Just like all other religious symbols no. don't affect Santa because it's his holiday. You know, it's not it's not a, yeah. a different religion. It's not a, a Jewish holiday. It's not a Christian holiday. It is a Santa holiday. And everyone worships <laughs> at the altar of yeah. Santa. Like, look at... We have effigies of the fucking guy in malls we've got like him yeah. all over the graven images he's all over china and china doesn't even know what christmas is they don't care they just have like they're like oh it's this time of year we're decorating like this now and there are shops around here restaurants that never ever take down their christmas decorations all throughout the year really yeah that's great. Like there are signs in windows saying Merry Christmas year round. And it's like, but you don't even know what that says. <laughs> I don't even know why. It's just jolly. It's just jolly. They're just jolly about the whole thing. There's one, uh, well, two more things I want to just quickly mention. There's a, an exchange between Nick and Mac where Mac says, you hit like a girl. And Nick comes back with, yeah, well, you kiss like a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that line. I just wrote it down. 
Yeah. And then finally, the credits are quite interesting because every single person on the credits list is divided into naughty or nice. I didn't see that. The grips, the stuntmen. The stuntmen, by the way, all naughty. Oh, classic. It's probably because they worked so closely with Santa. Yeah. And that's it's interesting because that distinction at the end in the credits doesn't mean anything to us. It's, yeah. It seems completely arbitrary. Yeah. And that's also the way that Santa treats it in, in the film. Yeah. It makes me wonder that, like, for the thousand years that this Santa was nice, did he always look at his list and then right at the bottom of the nice list, he always saw his name and he was like, oh, fuck, I'm on the nice list again. It just made him itch. And then like he would deliver his presents mm. and he would go home and he would look at that list and see himself on the nice on the in the column of nice and he would just like sit in the shower and cry for hours. Yeah. I mean how far to fall for the the son of Satan. Yeah. Which okay, I don't want to malign the Satanists either because no. I'm sure we have listeners who are part of the, the Church of Satan. And I mean, this is the most fun version of Santa I've seen. Really, like, conceptually the most fun. Yeah. I feel like this is the version of Santa I'm going to tell my kids about. Yeah. It's going to be, like, a nice way for me to impart my own personal beliefs onto them one day by going, like, hey, yeah. Santa and Satan, they're both not real, which is something I personally believe. Uh, not putting that on anyone else. It's just, like, personal. Wait, thing. you don't believe in Santa? No, it's because I've been Santa many times. I'm shocked. A kid asked me today if Ultraman was real. And you said yes. I couldn't break his little heart. I, I just looked at the magic in his eyes and I said, I've never met him, so I don't know. And he said, yes, I, be- I believe he lives somewhere. He was like, where does he live? And I was like, he lives in Japan. He's from Japan. And... The kid's like, yes, I think he lives in a mount- on a mountain I mean. in Japan. Uh, and he- the kid was planning on going to look for Ultraman, but there was an earthquake in Japan, so he couldn't go. Yeah. Sad. Well, maybe next year. So, Louis, if you had to rate this film out of 1 to 666 jingle bells, how many bells <laughs> would you jingle for Santa? Uh, you know what? For Bill Goldberg's performance... For the really good effects, you know, on on what was probably not a huge budget, I'm gonna jingle uh, 555 of those bells. Um, That's a good number of bells to jingle, and it'll take you a while. Yeah. I am gonna have to detract some points for Nicholas, uh, the character of Nicholas. Uh, Yeah. So I'm gonna jingle... 554 bells. Still a lot of bells. Still a lot of bells. Still going to take me a while. Uh, and we're probably going to finish it around about the same time. But then bells will be jingled. Yeah. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed getting your bells jingled by us. And uh, this is the second last episode of 2018. We've done it. Yeah. We're almost at, we're at the brink of our third year. Uh, which I'm sure we'll say something about that in the next episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us all year. And if it's if it's your thing, Merry Christmas. If it's not your thing, uh, bye. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. 
if you're happy Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, happy joyous Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, joyous, have all the best times. Uh, and if like great, me, have a great Ramadan. You don't have any time. <laughs> Ramadan. Ramadan isn't now. No, that's uh, is it Eid? I don't know. I'm actually. I feel offensive now. Hey, but don't be I, offensive. I don't know what Muslims do this time of the year. They probably have a great time and just love one another and be nice. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. Which is what I like to imagine all people do at this time. Yeah, just be nice to people. Have a good time. Hug someone. But only if they are like reciprocating a hug vibe. Yeah. Don't like run up to someone Please and do. just like latch onto their body and just refuse to let them go. Yeah. No. Because that's assault. Get consent, guys. It's very important. But get, like, written consent. Have, like, a whole release form uh, before you hug someone. You need a contract. You do need a contract in this modern day and age. The day of the casual hug is over. Yeah. No more casual hugging, okay? Get it in your heads. It's 2018, almost 2019. Yeah. That horse has sailed. But... Um... As always, you can find us on the Facebook, on the Twitter. Uh, we're at Stay Scary on all the things. Talk to us. Uh, we're talking to you. Yeah, I have been Louis, and as always, I don't care if you're naughty or nice, as long as you're spooky. Whoop, whoop. And I've been Louis. No, I've not been Louis. I've been <laughs> Fraser. Oh my gosh. I've been <laughs> Fraser, and you stay scary. And have a joyous rest of December, if that's how your year works. Uh, <laughs> how, what are we doing next week? Oh, fudge. Uh, next week on Be Positive, it's a bloody new year. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of it, but I'm sure it's going to be great. It's, um, I'm actually having a hard time downloading it. It's tough to find. Oh. I mean, you mean... Buying it. Buying. Legally. Purchasing it with my legal money. Putting <laughs> dollars in pockets. <laughs> yep. Supporting the arts. Yes. Which we should all do. I mean, go down. Listeners, if you're still listening, go down to your local art hole and just throw mm-hmm. money at the artist. They'll love it. Yeah. They might even dance for you. They need it. Yeah. They really need it. Yeah. Um... Man, what a year. It's been up. What a it's been crazy down. Year, dude. It's been moving all around. Down again. <laughs> <laughs> I have hated this year. It's felt like four years in, in where I've, I've grown old and weary. Yes, yes. I am no longer like in my mid-twenties. I'm officially like a 30-year-old man now. Yeah. Even though it's still two years, I don't know. I'm going to age horribly in the next year. <laughs> yeah, this has been the year of the dog, and it's not been a good boy. It's been, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. This dog was biting. Savage. The year of the pit bull. Hey, hey, don't malign pit bulls. It's been the year of the rabbit hound. Mm. And it was probably like a...